All right, guys, so today we'll start our prep on Kansas City. Uh, we'll work today through Saturday in terms of prep for Kansas City. We fly out there Sunday. We'll work today on the install for early downs and third down. Tomorrow we'll be out in the field, more of a padded practice, reviewing all the early down third downs. Friday we'll get more into our red area situational practice. And Saturday we'll kind of have a recap on the week right here before we head out to Kansas City on Sunday. You know, look, this team poses a number of threats right there. They're explosive offensively. I mean, they've got a ton of weapons. You can start naming them. It's going to take a long time, longer than we have in this press right here. But this is an explosive offense. You know, they can score in any play from anywhere on the field. Obviously, one of the best quarterbacks, you know, at this point, you know, in a long duration of the game. I think, obviously, when he's done, he'll go down a lot longer than that. Defensively, I think Spags does a great job in terms of mixing up the pressures and staying after your skill players, staying after your quarterbacks, really getting pressure on you. He has a lot of multiples. He's not afraid to mix up any point in the game. And then Tobe does a great job on special teams in terms of creating field position with their return game. They're very, very talented. You know, from Coach Reed on down, they're very well coached, very situationally prepared, and uh, very capable in all three phases. So that being said, I'll open any questions you guys have. Have you uh, spoken with Jabril since the, the news of his season-ending injury and, like, what, how, how, fr how tough is it to see an emotional leader like that go down in that way? You know, I, yes, I have spoken to him several times. Uh, he was in our squad meeting this morning with us as well. Look, it's really tough for a guy like Jabril to put so much – and I don't want to speak for him. I'm just speak from my opinion of him. It's, it's really tough for you know, having a guy like that to put so much into the team, puts the team first, does everything you ask him to do to the best of his ability, brings so much juice to the team, is a productive player on the field, wears so many hats for you as a team, and it's always whatever you need, coach, here I go. And for this to end his season, um, that's something you don't want to see for any player. You know, it's tough seeing it for Pep. It really is. And there's some other things, you know, in a business standpoint, too, is like, look, it's, this guy's in a contract year. It's something I've talked to him about directly. Um, he's a guy that I value a lot in this program. Um, I'd love to have this guy going forward. I've told him that directly. Um, he's been a very good leader for us. You know, you can talk about him being local, but the Giants mean something to him. I think that's very important. He's a guy that loves football. He loves this organization. He loves this area. Uh, those are things we talk about building as, you know, cornerstones and pillars for this program. And uh, he's a very important part of our program. You had him break down the team after the win. You know, he was he was already hurt there. What, you know, is that normal? Is that his his role, or why? Why? We, you know what, we varied a lot, but I would say last week he broke the team down several times, and uh, Pep did a great job practicing last week. He really did. You know, Pep's a guy that when you come in on Wednesdays, that you know, he, he wears his heart on his sleeve, so he's moved on to the next game. But you can tell he hasn't gotten that taste out of his mouth till he gets to the next game. Pep came out last week. He did a great job practicing for us, really preparing. Brings a lot of juice and energy to practice. He really gets a lot of guys going with him. You know, we've had him break it down, you know, in the past number of times. Broke it down last week a couple times of practice. And to be honest with you, as we were breaking down the team and talking to the team, he came wandering out of the showers as it was anyway and joined us just in time. And uh, it was a good opportunity to have him come in there and talk to the team. So, you know, look, we want to have Pep with us as much as we can. You know, obviously the trainers will have some, you know, some say in that in terms of what's best for him in his recovery. If he can travel with us, he's definitely someone with, him, with us on the trip. Uh, if he's able to be on the sideline with the team, he's definitely someone down there as far as bringing leadership and experience. How are your injured playmakers doing? The four guys that, you know, Tony? Yeah, so I would say this. Being a Monday night game gives a little more of a window of time. They all, not being the smartest here, right, Jordan, they've all made progress. We're going to move them around today. Um, tomorrow we'll probably have a much better idea in terms of going into the game with it, in terms of what they're going to look like. I wouldn't say anything that happens today or tomorrow would rule them out or guarantee them at the game. You know, but today should give us a little bit of an insight to it, and then really tomorrow in terms of how much they can do individually, how much they can do in some team periods, you know, what are they able to do and get out there. Is any one of them maybe further along than the other? 
those. I think three different injuries, three, three different injuries, three different bodies. You know, there's different timetables for all these guys. Um, I'm not going to go ahead and just you know give a, this guy's further ahead. To be honest with you, with these injuries, sometimes it sounds like day by day, different guys are at different points, and some days it sounds like one guy is further along than another guy. You know, we ask for the trainers is just give us accurate information, let us know so we can plan accordingly. Obviously, the three guys have been out, but Shep is another one who kind of added into that group off of Sunday. It yep. looked like you guys did not, comparing the pregame uh, workouts from the previous week with Slayton and um, I can't even remember who it was, uh, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, was it Shep? <laughs> but you have that pregame workout with him. It looked like you guys could shut it down pretty quickly. Was it obvious that he was that? further away from from playing on Sunday it was at a point that he wasn't going to be able to go out there in the game and, and you know that we felt good enough that it was going to he was going to go out there and stay Shep's a tough dude and like I'm just telling you like if he had duct taped the leg back on he'd have gone out there and done it so we had to kind of help make the decision for him uh, because we know he's going to push through whatever it is so you know from a medical standpoint you know, the medical staff had to go ahead and have some insight and just making sure we put him in a good position you know, to maybe go forward for the rest of the season and be healthy. So it was really more of a shut it down because it's not happening today versus something happened in the workout that Correct. may have shut it down. Yeah. Correct. We just got, we, we wanted to get him to that pregame workout and see if he had a chance to go. Shep's a guy that, you know, with his experience, he prepares really well in meetings through either walkthroughs or just being in the meetings. He's a guy that can go out there and operate within a game. Ideally, you want everybody on the field for timing. There are different levels of guys based on experience, you know, with both the players that they're going to be playing with on the field and just in general, where you have a little more flexibility of what do they do during the week, can they get to the game. Shep's a guy that with his experience and his experience specifically with Daniel, I'd say, as far as their timing and chemistry, you feel a little bit better about saying, okay, if we can get this guy to the game in certain weeks, we can get him up and back. Is he, is he in the same boat as, as the other guys? I mean, he's like on a different level. I think it's a little bit different because he was closer to playing last week, but I wouldn't say it's too far removed. Paul, obviously, he didn't play in the game last week, so he'll be in the crew today kind of you know, over there at the trainers moving around and see how far out he is. So when you go against uh, offense as explosive as this, obviously defensively you're going to have to come up with a plan, but how does it affect you offensively? Do you feel like we have to go out and score a ton of points? you try and like shorten the game? Like How do you approach going against high-powered offense with your Actually, yeah, there's, there's different ways you can look at it. And I think you've got to find what best suits you know, who you are as a team. There's that element of do you try to play four corners basketball and just keep the ball out of their hands? Do you try to go out there and do everything you can to roll the dice, take shots, and just try to match points for points? We got to look internally in terms of like what we think we are as a team, what our strengths are, and play to that. You know that goes into a lot of you know who's available, how we think the flow of the game can go. There's other external factors that play into that as well, and you have to understand, you know, where you're playing circumstantially. You know, how much will weather play into the game? How's that affect how they're going to play the game as well as us? You have to have enough flexibility within your game plans you put together early in the week. As we get closer to the game, we can lean one way or another without really changing it that the players feel like it's too much. Does that make sense? Um, you know, sometimes you get in the flow of the game and the game goes completely different than what you planned all week. There are some games we've gotten into where we say, hey, look, we're going to play pure ball control and really just go ahead and move this thing methodically and try to keep their offense off the field. You get into the game, you start moving fast, you say, hey, you know what, we're pushing the envelope, let's go. There's other games you think, let's go warp speed. You get into the game and say, you know what, let's settle it on down, their defense is reacting to our tempo, let's just make sure we get the best offensive play and make sure we execute the best way possible. Sometimes the flow of the game really dictates a lot of that. Joe, when you look at uh, Pat Mahomes, I know he's had, I think, eight or nine interceptions. Some of them have been balls off his receiver's hands, but does he look like he's pressing a little bit more this year to you? He looks like one of the best quarterbacks in the world to me. I mean, this guy's, look, to be as athletic as he is, as just naturally instinctive as he is, and have that kind of arm strength to make all those throws, like, there's a reason this guy gets paid that much money, because there's not a lot of these guys walking the earth. Um, 
This guy's extremely talented. He's got a lot of savvy and experience. I think he does a great job of going through the initial reads, finding the right receiver, and if something gets shut down, extending the play. And that's when those guys really go ahead and they turn it to a degree. I don't want to say backyard like they're just freelancing, but they've got how they handle their scramble situations, and they make some explosive explosive plays down the field. So if you get out of you know your responsibility, you get undisciplined, they're going to find a way to make you pay. What do you say to the idea that I'm not going to say, you know, they're still a good offense, right? But that the league has sort of caught up with them and they're at least found ways to kind of slow this offense down. <laughs> you, don't agree with, you don't agree with that, huh? I mean, how did the league catch up to them? Is everyone as fast as Tyreek Hill, Hardman? Can everybody, you know, cover the ball as deep as he can throw that thing? I mean, to be honest with you, I think it's a foolish narrative for us to buy into if we think this team isn't as good as they are. So this is a damn good team. They're very explosive. They're very dangerous. These guys are going to be playing their best ball Monday night. We're going out into a tough atmosphere. It's a lot of great energy out there. So we've got to get ready this week to play our best football. Is, is there a, you know, I mean, when you go into Arrowhead, usually, you know, you don't play the Chiefs, usually you figure they're going to be 6-1 and one or whatever they're going to be. Is there a wounded, you know, animal kind of mentality that you think, not that you have to warn against, but you have to tell your players, look, they don't have, you know, they're three and four, but they're going to play their best game one day because nobody in this building is going to, in any way, shape, or form, underestimate this team. Period. This is a very good team. We know that. We know how dangerous and explosive they are. We always expect everybody's best game. So it's our job to make sure that you know we're not overconfident or underestimate anybody. Joe, how with, uh, how do you see you guys, Brian Kenny, to be kind of a transformative piece for this offense. So how frustrating has it been that there have been these things that have popped up and he hasn't been able to? I'm really pleased with how Kenny's done everything we asked him to. He practices hard. He produces on the field when he's dealing with injuries. He's great in the training room. He's great with the strength staff. Does everything he can to get back out here and play. He's a competitor. You know, I, I'm very pleased with Kenny and everything we've asked him to do. And when he gets on the field, he's highly productive, and he's exactly what we thought we were getting. Joe, can Two you more. gain anything the way you guys prepared to play in that atmosphere in New Orleans and put it to this week going to play in Arrowhead in terms of the – the noise and the things you did behind the scenes that really we weren't necessarily aware of. There was obviously similarities in terms of the noise. I mean, this this is a very, very loud place to play. So the communication is key. You've got to make sure that you simulate some things just through noise at practice. Now, we can turn the speakers all the way up. It doesn't simulate it, you know, 100%. So we've got to do our best in how we prepare. You know, there's a possibility <coughs> of having some weather out there. We've got wind today. We've got to use that to our advantage. We may have rain later in the week. We have to use that to our advantage. We're on a grass field, we have grass practice field. So we have to use all these things to our advantage in terms of how they come up throughout the week. You know, ultimately, you know, we've got to take each day as it comes and understand the focus of the day. Today's really an assignment day. We've got to make sure we come out here today and they're very crisp on the what we have to accomplish. And then tomorrow we'll really turn up the juice and put the pads on, really execute on the, you know, how we have to do it. Joe, with the last COVID one. last year and the soft tissue injuries this year, the change in the IR rules, has that been a godsend for coaches? Bringing, being able to bring more people back? I like the IR rules, the three-week IR. I really do like that. I don't think you're going to have a lot of coaches complain about that. I think in this league, you want to see the players play, right? I think it's kind of the goal. You know, fans turn on the TV, sit in the stands. You want to see the best players play. So to me, the ability of having somebody not losing them for the year, you know, I think that's just a plus for everyone involved. You don't want to see any of your players not play. And I say this again, it's everybody you play, you want to play their best players. You know, I know sometimes people look at different people's injuries reports and say, oh, hopefully this guy's out, this guy's out. That's not why you compete. That's not why you play the game. It's not why you coach the game. You want to go against somebody's best 
and see how you measure up. You want to go against someone and compete to the fullest. You know, there's different views on some of the other things, like the 16-person practice squad. I think that's a longer conversation. But I think in terms of me personally, the three-week IR or, you know, three-week minimum IR, I think it's a positive move in terms of just having the ability to get our players back. You can see the state coach. You can see the I think there's a group of guys in the city right now that can answer that better than I can. Um, I hope so. I hope so. I think it's just better for players being available to play games.